0: Let's, uh, let's all stand up real quick. How many of you guys realize that freedom is not free? We all stand here on the shoulders of somebody else. And uh, as my wife said earlier in the, in the welcome this morning, that we uh, as a family have never dreamt of being so blessed and being a part of a church that really loves military and being in a city. Uh, where we've gotten to know so many. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, about 35% of our church is presently armed forces. And so let's do this. Um, we stand on your sacrifice today. We understand it. I don't know that we fully can comprehend it, but we know that you sacrifice for our freedom. And so that we want to salute you. So let's say one more time thank you for what you do. <laughs> Happy Veterans Day, everybody. You can be seated. Uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty accidental that we're kicking off a series today called Legacy. Um, especially as I'm watching that video and I'm tearing up, thinking about all the kids that are in this room uh, who get to follow so many that have sacrificed. Uh, we we have new generations of kids, new generations of people who don't know what it's like to sacrifice uh, and don't know what it's like to. Uh, be a part of somebody's sacrifice. So for for those of you that you have children that you have sacrificed, uh, my prayer is your kids will learn from you, and they will learn what it's like to give their lives away. And really that's what we're going to talk about in this series. Um, I really had no idea when we were planning this series called Legacy that two things would happen. It would fall on uh, Veterans Day, and then two, that the, um, that the GA in the Legacy um, would make anyone feel blue and blue over the loss of the Bulldogs yesterday. So, so uh, no no, pen, no pun intended with legacy. This is kind of like the state of Georgia it had nothing to do with like the team that lost yesterday. Um, you know, I'm a Florida State fan. What can I talk about, right? So, so but uh, go Tigers, right? So uh, good job if you're an Auburn, Auburn Tiger fan. Somebody's ducked out in all red and black and white this morning. So, uh, so anyway, so, so welcome. And let me just say on the uh, onslaught of today's conversation, we do have people watching online, and we do have military people who are in harm's way and our station and other places that have been with us. So I want to say thank you and glad to have you guys today as well. So we are kicking a series, kicking off a series today called Legacy. Uh, let me give you a quick working definition. Legacy is what people remember once you're gone. Um, and I would say this too, uh, legacy is not about ourselves. Oftentimes we get caught up in a legacy and I want to make, make, make a difference, I want to make a difference, and sometimes you can tell what a true legacy is made off of and what it's really made off of is when you're serving less of yourself, when you're thinking less about yourself and what it, what it, what it entails for you, what it means for you. Uh, what I hope to do in this series is help us see this in light of what God's calling us to do to make his name famous and to make his goals our goals. And I, want, I really hope that in this series it would help us to grasp that if we will leave leave a legacy the way Jesus left the legacy, what it does for us is it will allow us to have the fulfillment that God wants to have for us. One of the the greatest pains that I have as a pastor is talking to so many women and so many men as they're talking about their spouses on either end of that conversation who have lost their way, lost their purpose. Uh, There's nothing more heartbreaking than seeing someone Who's kind of lost their passion for whatever they were pursuing at one time and now they're they're passionless, feeling purposeless. And when I see that, I see marriages that are rocked, I see lives that are that, that shrink back and and a lot of people's directions lost when we lose our way, when we lose our purpose. And so I hope in this series that that God may build a spark in you, that God may leverage this conversation from Scripture to build inside of us a new, fresh desire to leave a legacy uh, and to make a difference. Um, what, is, what is wired in our DNA? I don't know if you guys have ever studied any, any psychology. We know it's biblical. We know it's from Scripture. But even the secular scientists, secular psychologists out there, they, they say that we are wired from birth. It's in our DNA to make a difference. And when we're not making a difference, many of us live lives half of ourselves, what we could be. When you're not playing to your strengths, when you're not becoming who God's already made you to be, I mean, there's a lot of lost people out there suffering because they've lost their way. And so this morning, I I hope to, to engage in this conversation to help us. I think this is a very helpful conversation on many fronts today. I'm going to obviously talk about this as our church wants to leave a legacy, but how you play a role in what the repercussions are, not in just the state of Georgia and legacy, but in our world and, and in our families. And so if you'll permit me, I want to pray and ask God to be with us and that God would speak to us as he speaks through me. God, we love you. And God, it's our wish today that you'd be with us. God, we already trust and know and believe that you are. You say that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are with us. So, God, we know today that since you are with us, God, you have something to say to us. So God, give us ears and eyes and understanding. And God, as we hear you today, I, got, I, God, I pray that you would give us the gumption to start acting and start pursuing what you'd call us to do today. In your name I pray, amen. Let me give you a, uh, a, a verse to kind of kick things off today, to kind of set the tone for where we're headed. It's found in Psalms one twelve. It's verse five. Uh, it says, "Good will to come. Good will. Uh, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely." This is a conversation that's not limited to your pocketbook. It's not limited to your resources. It's limited to everything, or unlimited in how God wants to use every aspect of us to give ourselves away to somebody else uh, who conducts his affairs with justice. Says, "Surely." He will, be ne- he will never be shaken. Meaning, when we stand on what Jesus stood on, when we stand on who Jesus is and what he came to do, he gave his life away. When we stand on those principles, essentially we stand on him being the solid rock. And when we give our lives away, when we conduct ourselves in that way, scripture essentially say, says to us that we can live lives unshaken. Even when the world around us can fall apart, and when life looks like it's just like I can't even understand the, the America we live in or the world we live in, it's such a mess. Scripture says we can be unshaken. We can be unshaken when we're connected closely to the one who's unshaken. Uh, surely he will never be shaken, and it says a righteous man will be what? Will be remembered forever. Again, that goal is not for us to be, l- look at me. Let, let me have a, a great name of what I've done Essentially, this conversation today is, is when we go to make Jesus' name famous, that's when our lives are fulfilled. When we live our lives in accordance and purpose of what God wants from us and for us, then we're fulfilled and we're happy. So we're going to talk about that in this series. Before we dive into this message, let me just tell you um, really kind of how this conversation that I'm going to give you today plays out in our church. Uh, this season always gets me excited We've always got a lot of exciting things going on in our church. So if you'll permit me just for a moment, I'm going to tell you about some things that are going on in our church and why this season is exciting and important to us as a church. Uh, we've already said we've got uh, our M2540 coming up. That's where we're essentially going to feed our valley. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go after the lost, the least, and the lonely in this month, uh, not just on the day that we feed them on, on you know the Thanksgiving week, but it goes on every week. In fact, tomorrow... As we will be praying, those of you that come at this prayer vigil downtown, we've also got uh, a group of people that be going out and serving our homeless in this city, taking meals all across our city to people who are under bridges, in tents, living out in the streets in the cold. And so every week and all throughout this season, we will be sacrificing of ourselves to say, it's not about us. And when we do that, if you can wrap your brain and heart around serving someone other than yourself, You grow, you change, your life is happier, you're more fulfilled, you find purpose when you serve someone else than yourself. So I get excited about that. I get excited about what it does in our church. I I see all kind of repercussions of this every year this time as our church says, hey, let's take the next month, it's Thanksgiving season, it's a season where we we can give or we can be gifted. Let's be the church, let's be the people that gives ourselves away because one, I want us to grow. I want our hearts to be changed. I want us to be, become closer and closer to Christ because when we give ourselves away, we're more like him and we walk greater with him. Uh, so we, we, we're doing that. We're, we're going we're gonna to challenge you to take these cards in your seats. We've done this for the last few years. Uh, we, we have these cards all the time at our resource center, but uh, we want, I want you to take these in fistfuls. And I want you to find ways when God pricks your heart in the next month or two to just blow someone's mind. Um, maybe, maybe when you come across a server at your next restaurant experience, you give them a big honking tip. You know what a big honking tip is? When you give it, they go. That's, that's a honking tip. Some of you have the ability to do that. Some of you have the ability to go mow someone's grass or blow their leaves or find some way to serve somebody. When you do, drop them a card. Don't give this card unless you've done something. To earn the right to be heard, though. Whatever it is, large or small, serve somebody and remind them that God loves them. Because I'm telling you, people in the next month all of a sudden realize all the things that they're hurt over. I don't know if you know this, but the, the suicide rate is higher in the next month than it is all the other 11 months out of the year. Did you know that? It's not that the hurt gets, gets any greater all, all of a sudden. It's just people all of a sudden are reminded of all the things that they're hurting over. So we have a chance as a church to remind people that they're not forgotten. And that's one of the worst things about society is that many of us, even us, you may not be homeless today, but it's, there's nothing worse than feeling like you're forgotten by God somehow. And so what we have a chance to do is to remind Every man, woman, and child. It might be your neighbor. It might be your, one of your best friends. Do something for them and remind them that God still loves you. All right? Grab these on your way out there. We've got a whole bunch more if you don't have enough in your seats. Another thing that we're going to be doing is uh, we're kicking off a new teaching series after the one that we're starting today in three weeks from now. We're going to do a series that, like some series, are series where we say, hey, this is a good series. You should invite a friend to this one. All right? There's some series that we do and we say, hey, this is not really an outsider series, it's kind of an insider, insider series. This is more for us, don't invite a friend to this one, right? Sometimes we say that. But I want to tell you, we're going to kick off a series in three weeks from now, the month of December, that is going to be primo perfect for your friends who are not connected to God, who are disconnected, far from God, hurting, not in a church. I'm going to deputize you today, Okay. Let me just, I hereby, by the authority, I have no authority, but I'm going to deputize you anyway, okay? I want to deputize you for the entire month of December to bring friends who are not connected to church or you know that they're disconnected to God or go through through some really tough times. I want you to invite them to this series. We're calling it At The Movies. And all we're going to do is take current, cultural, relevant things that are going on in our society, pull out some of the redeeming values of those messaging, and we're going to roll out the red carpet for your friends who are not churched. You're going to like it. You're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy it. But they may just show up and they may, they may walk away finding forgiveness and salvation. And that's my hope. My hope and prayer is that we'll have hundreds of people that will find their way back to God the month of December. Also included in that is our Christmas at my church. Uh, Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. What we're doing is we're going to have Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve Eve. Meaning Saturday night and Sunday, we're going to have multiple services here in this building, not on our land this year, but in this building, where we're going to roll out the red carpet again for our friends and neighbors who are not church. So I hope you will come worship with us Christmas Eve Eve and Christmas Eve. Um, And we'll probably be challenging you all along the way, because we expect very slam-packed services to pick a service probably Saturday night where those of you that are maybe regulars around here can make some space for people on Sunday, all right? So consider that as uh, some exciting things coming our way. Also, one more thing Uh, we'll be doing, as we have done every year around this time, we'll be conducting a, conducting, that's a terrible word, we'll be having, uh, being blessed with and blessing others with a very special My Church end-of-the-year Christmas offering. So on December 17th, I'm telling you now in advance, so there's no compulsion, there's no guilt, But I want you to start now thinking about what God might lead you to bless this church with so we can bless others, so we can spur on the ministry of this church and give big at the end of the year. So consider what God might have you do there, December 17th. All right, so that's some cool stuff going on this season. A lot of of cool stuff. And that's probably just what we, you know, have as big events, uh, big things. There's stuff going on everywhere. Many of you will be serving people left and right and I pray that God would use this church to not only change others' lives in our city, across the state, and across the globe, but God will change us. God will grow us. And so, this morning, uh, I want to talk to you what I think about, what I believe is the the guts of Christianity, like the the main message of this church. And I, I feel like this is something that we have said from the birth of this church, eight, almost nine years ago, that we're still saying today. And I think this is the the message of Christianity, it's the message of the Bible, it's the message of Jesus, and that is this, and I I think, let me just say this, I think many of us can get this wrong because I feel like we get tripped up with the whole idea of being religious, that we do things out of duty and not out of delight, that we think somehow following God uh, is just an an obligation, and there's nothing wrong with just saying, I'm going to do this out of of obedience, right? Right? But I think for so many of us, there are so many of us that do things out of duty that we miss the delight. We we miss the experience of like, man, because of what he's doing for me, I can't wait to serve and sacrifice for him. And so my hope is, my goal is in this series, I want to move some of you from doing things out of duty or not at all to finding the delight, getting back to the experience of, man, I want to give my life away because, man, someone... Has given their life for mine. And obviously we're talking about Jesus today. But again, this is is, uh, Veterans Day. So there's so many ways that this can be heard, so many ways that God can spur this on in our lives. So what I want to do is I want to give you a a really cool verse in Philippians 2.13 that really helps me grasp that God wants to do this in all of us. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you. And that's a great statement in all of itself because sometimes I feel like I'm such a loser sometimes or I've made so many mistakes that maybe God's done with me. Anybody ever been there? Like I've blown it so much or I've passed my prime or I've passed the moment or I've missed it or I've dumbed up so many times. Maybe God wants to use somebody else. No, no, the truth of the matter is God wants to use everything about you for some great purpose out there. Every one of your... Your, your, your oddities, every one of your mistakes, all your sin nature, all the ways that you've tripped up, you've dumbed up, you've, you've, you've blown it. God wants to leverage all that. He wants to leverage your, your ugliness and your scars, your good, your bad. God wants to leverage it for somebody else's forever. God will take everything in our life and use it for his glory if we'll let him. And really the choice is is the, the choice is either great or bleak. You either choose to go the route of following God and allow Him to use your stuff, or you wallow in your mess. And you say that I'm just stuck in my, my stupidity and my sin, and you stay there and you get worse. Or you can say, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender it all to you. I'm going I'm to live my life open-handed. I'm going to let you use my flaws for something greater. And what God does, if we will surrender everything to Him, be honest and open. He already knows. God will use it all and change you and shape you for, for somebody else's growth as well. So, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the what? Power. Because on my own, if I just try to man up, God, let me just do something great for you, man, it's just wood, hay, and stubble, right? But through him, through him, working in me in my weakness, his strength is made perfect in what? My weakness. That's a scripture verse. That's That's scripture. So God's giving you the desire and power to do what? What pleases Him. God wants to use you for His pleasure. He wants, to, he, he wants you to be a part of His master tool belt so that we could change the world. So my prayers of the church would, that, that you, would, you would have sheer joy. You, it, this would be sheer delight for you to be generous just unbelievable happiness that you could give your life away, that you could, you could help invite someone to Christ, that you could give your life towards something greater than yourselves. My prayer is that our church would be that kind of church that would be so generous that we get so excited when we start talking about this kind of stuff. Now, let me tell you a story about uh, David, who was a king in the Bible, who uh, in Scripture, this, this story that David recounts that he retells, goes down in still current history, is the greatest piece of generosity ever witnessed. Even by secular historians, they say this is the biggest gift that's ever been gifted, gifted right? Biggest piece of generosity ever. So David's, David's talking about what has happened in his circle of influence, how he and leaders and everyone said, let's make a difference, and they gave all that they could, and they made a difference through it. First Chronicles 29, David records this says, because I have set my affection on the house of God, meaning David had a, uh, a uh, Twitter account. It would be like, hashtag, I love my church. That's what this would mean. David saying, I love my church. In fact, what was going on was they were a, the, the church was the tabernacle, right? They would put the tent out to have the tabernacle there. People would kind of talk about it, and that was kind of how they worshiped God. And David was saying through the lens of what God was telling him, let's do something greater than this set up, take down you know, nomadic, move the tent all around. Let's, let's build something great for God. So he's like, because I love my church, we want to do something great. We want a gift. We want to be generous. We want to go all in. And so he says, because I have set my affection on the house of God, I love my church. I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I had already prepared for the house of God. So really, literally this is saying David was giving more than what was required of him. So we see in the Old Testament there was this generosity requirement. Are you here, church, talking about let's give 10%? And I want this conversation not to at all have you limit your minds and all of a sudden think this is a a talk about getting my money. We've already taken the offering today, didn't we? Right? So this is not about uh, one time get you fired up to try to be generous financially to the church. No, this is about your entire life, every aspect of you, modeling what Jesus did for us, and you reaping the results of great faith, growth, and Purpose and fulfillment in your life. That's what. It, that's what's in it for us. But just think about what it's in it. What's in it for somebody else as well. So David's like, I love my church, and so because of that, I'm going to do more than the requirement. I'm going to. I'm going to give way more than that. And he did. And it says, he says uh, after he says, I prepared for the holy house. He says, now, everyone else who's willing, who's willing to go all in with me today and con- concentrate yourself for the Lord. So, David said, I'm going all in. Who else is willing to go in with me? Verse 6, it says, Then the response was that then the leaders of families and officers of the tribe of Israel and the commanders of thousands and the commanders over hundreds and the officials in charge of the king's work, what they do? They all went in and gave willingly. I love that. Not out of compulsion, not out of like, I'm guilted. This, that's why I want you to hear this. They gave willingly. And it says that then, then, the, then, then they gave toward the work on the temple of God. And I just want to pause for just a moment. You guys may not know this. You may not care. But I'm pretty proud to tell you that the staff who were paid of this church, and, and probably 90% of them are part-timers, I want you to know that they sacrificed financially for this church. just want you to know that. I think, I think it's probably worthy to note that in a day and age where you think people got their hands in everybody's pocket and someone's robbing the church, the staff, along with my wife and I, we've gone all in. We've gone all in. We both give responsibly of what is required of us, and then I want to say our staff gives well beyond the requirement of being sacrificial generously, financially with this church. just want you to know that. I've never said that before, but I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, So... So it says, after the leaders, they all went in and everyone gave willfully. It says, the people rejoiced. People's response out of all the leadership going all in. It says, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders. For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And it said, David the king also rejoiced. He's like, yeah, I'm proud of my people. I'm proud of what they've done. I'm proud of how they sacrificed. And it says, all these things have I given willingly. And, and this is David's response. And with honest intent. And now I have seen the joy of how, willing, how willingly are your people, speaking of God's people, who are here have given to you. So my hope is this. My, my hope is that I, what I want for our, our church is that we would be a place that we would go all in and we would love others more than ourselves. That we would give, that we would invite, that we would get in groups, and that we would grow together to change this world for Christ. And I hope that in the process, God would just open your eyes and your heart to a greater relationship with Him. And I believe that's always the case when we step out in faith and we sacrifice for what He's called us to sacrifice for. So the question is how do we get that kind of heart? Right? I mean, how do we get that kind of heart? Mine mine is waffled at times. How do we get that kind of heart where we go, I mean, I can't wait! To give so our church can help homeless people. I can't wait to go mow somebody's grass. I can't wait to, to serve or to invite, invest in someone's heart and invite him to church and point him. I can't wait. How do we get that kind of cart? That kind of heart. Not cart. That's something you pull. Kind of heart. Uh, well, I think you first must we must also always answer the question why, the why question. Why? Why do we do it? It's no different if you're married. Sometimes you got to go back and you say, man, we, we've been married a little while now. Let's remind ourselves why we're married. Because if you don't remind yourself why you're married, sometimes you start wandering around, right? I've, I've seen that. Sometimes i gotta, I got to get my wife to dinner. i got to say, baby, come here, come here. I, wanna look, I want you to look me in the eyes, Christy. Christy, you, are you still listening? I want to look you in the eyes. She's been here two services. She's already heard this. But I, there are times i got to sit down and I've got to remind her I've been married 25 years to you. And just as much as I loved you then, I love you right now. And if I'll do that, man, that'll be a good night in the Murphy house. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Sometimes you have to remind each other why you're in this. If you lose, let let me just show you this in your notes. If you lose your why, you will lose your way. If you guys like taking notes, that's in your notes. If you lose your why, you will always lose your way. Don't you realize if you forget where you're going... You will get lost in the process if you're if you're in business if you're an army guy you're trying to position yourself in a certain place if you don't know where you're you're going you'll never get there so I think we've got to ask the question why so I want to do that today I want to ask the question why and answer why should you be a part of leaving a legacy why should we play a role in what God's doing ultimately. We get to give because, and I'm going to give you, I had several of these, probably probably 20 or 30 of these, of things I think why we would want to give, but I've, I've put five in your notes. All right? Good? Because we need to get done. All right, so we get to give because, and here's five reasons why. Number one, Jesus gave to us first. Hands down. I get to give because somebody already completely gave his life for me. All of us. The reason we have a breath to breathe breathe right now is because somebody is allowing our lungs to function. Right? If you're on this planet, God still has a plan for you. If you're a Christian and have already submitted and bowed the knee and said, Jesus, I I, I want you in my life, then then you are forgiven and you are free and you get to have eternity with God in heaven. I want to, like, dude, are you for real? I get that. The reason I get to give, I get to sacrifice, I get to play a role is because somebody else already stood for me. Whoops. Matthew Matthew ten eight says this. Message version. I love this version. It says, "You have been treated generously, so live generously." think about what Jesus has done for us and go give our lives away. John Bunell says this, if one first gives himself to the Lord, all of their giving is easy. When you get this right, right, when you really recall and remind yourself the big why, we understand he gave his life to me, man, when we can just have that perspective and live our lives knowing, man, I'll never die. I'm going to live forever with God in in, in eternity that that I've been forgiven. I carry no more shame. I carry no more guilt. Then because of that, then it opens the door for me to experience God like never before and live my life in such a way that I understand he gave to us first. I can give my life away. Second thing is this. We get to give because, number two, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Here's what's crazy. Psychologists will tell you that wired, and I said this already, that we're wired from birth to, to give our lives away. We get our greatest fulfillment when we're sacrificing and giving our lives away. That's proven in psychology. Of course, God, God created the psychologists, so God understood this from the beginning. But check this out. We're, we're more, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We understand this every time you see the little girls in summer that are selling lemonade on the side of the road. What does it do to you? I, I pull over and I, I, I buy lemonade. I, I didn't even want lemonade. You know what I'm talking about? The little eight-year-old girls, you're driving down the street, and they're in a neighborhood, and you, all of a sudden you see the corner of their eye, they're like, a car, a car. I mean, they're like going nuts, right? What do you do? You pull over. They come walking out. They're like, we got lemonade for sale. You're like, hey, I'll buy lemonade. And so they go back and, and, and they ask how many you want. There's one, one person in your car, but you buy like three. Right? And they're over there, and they're holding the Dixie cup with their fingers in it. Right? <laughs> Lemonade. And they are like, bring it over to you, and they're like, 50 cents a piece, and all you got is a five or a ten. So you, what do you do? You give it all to them? And then what happens? You're driving away. You see in the mirror, and what are they doing behind you? They're doing cartwheels. They're doing dances. What, are, what, are you, what, what, what emotion do you have in that moment? Aren't you proud? Don't you feel good? Do you know who created you to be that way? The one who already gave to you. I'm, I'm wired that way. That is fun for me. Is it not fun to just blow someone's mind every now and then help them out? Just hook them up, take care of them, serve them. We're wired to be that way. And God wants to fan the flame in your growth and in your life and in your fulfillment if you will serve somebody else greater than yourself. I mean, there's nothing more fun than helping somebody else out when someone has a need and it's your giftedness or you just say, you know what? It's not even my gift this. I'm going to do it anyways. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels good when we model exactly what our Savior did for us, what God did for us. It's more blessed to give than receive. Let me prove it in Scripture. Acts 20, 35. You'll not likely go wrong if you keep remembering what your master said. You're far happier giving than getting. With I keep on losing my mic here. Winston Churchill said this, we make a living by what we get. We make a life, what is that? We make a life by what we give. Third thing is this, we get to give because, number three, we're really a family. We're really a family. You guys know that? Christians and brothers, you're my brother, you're my sister. We are a family. We're called The church. When Jesus left the planet, he said, I'm going to give something greater than myself. He gave us the Holy Spirit. When you bow the knee to Jesus, something happens to us. We're born again. That means the God of the universe departs the Holy Spirit in us and makes us his church. We're in a covenant relationship with God. You know what the enemy attacks? You look around the globe today. What is the enemy ultimately attacking? Relationships. He's going after marriages. He's going after churches. He's going after people connected in covenant with God. That's what the enemy wants to stop. That's why we need to work together. We need to bind and bond and say, we're in this together. We charge the hill. It's not a solo thing. It's an all-in thing. And when we'll do that and recognize we're part of the family, I mean, you're talking about it's the greatest place in the world to be. I couldn't, I, when, when Christy and I came here and we helped start this church, we never even dreamt of the relationships we'd have out of this. I mean, we love this church. We love you. You love us. We have found community and covenant in this church. Ecclesiastes says it this way. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a better return for their labor. When we put our ideas, our gifts, and our resources together, nothing can stop us. None of us are as good as all of us. Fourth thing is this. The reason we, get, we give, the reason we give because, number four, I really believe in the vision of this church. I really believe in the vision of the church. I really do. I really believe in the vision of this church. I mean, since, since we've begun this church, there's been over 2,000 people that have bowed the knee and made Jesus leader and forgive their life. I'm proud of that. I'm proud to, to say, hey, we did that. We, many of you, we're a part of that. Many of you, it's been you that have had your lives changed by Christ. I believe in the vision of this church. Ephesians 3.10 Ephesians says this, Though Christians like yourself gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. God's doing something in the church. Check this out. A news station in Texas said that 80% of the flood relief in Texas came from Christians. Did you know that? And Cajuns. And, and they're probably a lot of the same. But that's you, you take the church out of the world and there's chaos. We are the church and God is leveraging the, leveraging the church through himself to be the hope of the world. God wants to use us to change the world. And in the process, revolutionize your life. You cannot be happy. You cannot live fulfilled. You cannot have a purpose-filled life apart from serving God. Some of you would say today, man, I'm just kind of weak in my faith. I'm not really growing spiritually. Maybe you're serving yourself. Maybe you've not taken any steps following God by faith. And you're stuck because you're going, you know, God, I'd love to be a part of what you're doing, but I'm just going to lay back, lay low, do my own thing. Can I tell you, you're not going to be happy. You'll lose your way. And if you're not going forward, you're essentially going to go backwards. So our challenge is, let's be the church. Don't be that dude all, all, all off on your own who gets beat up because you're not with your posse. Let's be the church. Let's do this together. I really, I really believe in the, in the vision of our church. Really believe that this church, the church, is the hope of the world. Last thing is this. Also, I, I, I love this. I got my notes. I got to say this. that 65% of the hospitals in the most poverty-stricken areas of the world, do you know, were put there by Christians. You take the church out of the world. You think about that for a moment. This world's a mess. We are the hope of the world. Number five is this. We get to give because, and I love this. One day we get to hear Jesus say, Well done. Well done. Some of you right now, you're tired. You've been fighting the good fight. You've been trying to lead your family towards God, and it's not always going good. You look at your kids, you're like, Woo, we got work there to do. Or sometimes you look around, your job's a mess, and it just doesn't look like circumstances right now are in your favor. Don't forget. This world is not our home. There'll be a day that we have a Savior who will come back for us, who invite us up into heaven with him, and we'll have a moment. And I, and I have a little visual of, of at least how it looks for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see Jesus for the first time, and he's going he's gonna to invite me in, and, and we're going to get to have our first, like, face-to-face, and him being in a, in a bodily form, and I get to say hi to him. And I'm going to probably start rolling off at the mouth, and he's going to go, shh, hold up, buddy. This is, my, this is how I see it, Okay. And he's going he's gonna to shush me. And I'm going to want to say thank you, and I love you, and you gave your life, and I'm in heaven. This is awesome. You know, and he's going to shh. And he's going to say, he's going to say, no, 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 thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say thank you. No, thank you. And he's going to say, you're here because of me. Shut up. Listen to me. And he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you know what? Some of you are ready to give up right now because things aren't going your way. I want to remind you today that this home is not our home. The scenario that you're in right now will not last forever. And be reminded, our hope is in Jesus. He loves us. He gave his life for us. Nothing can ever change that. You're forgiven. You've been freed. You're not carrying the shame or guilt you once carried. He took it from you. Because of that, we get to. Not out of duty, but out of delight. We get to delight in serving with Him. Come on, church. We have an opportunity here. We don't have an obligation. (laughs) We, we, We get to share in what He is doing, both in us and in the world. Be reminded today, we got something great to live for. We got someone great to give our lives for. Why? Because he already gave his life for us. Let's pray. Lord, we, uh, we just want to pause and celebrate you and the fact that you gave your life for us. Jesus, we, um, we say thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for sacrificing for us. God, we stand on your shoulders today. Every person that's breathing today in this moment with a breath is from you. So, God, I pray that you'd help each of us to kind of step into some of the purpose that you've called us to. Maybe it's a step of faith. Maybe there's been some fear. Maybe we've been saying no. But, God, I pray you'd unlock our hearts today, open us up to some realities that you love us, that we're forgiven, that we're free. And, God, I pray for those that feel like they're stuck in their sin. God, you've already paid for that. You've already forgiven that. God, I pray you'd bind the enemy's voice and you'd say, take a hike. Because that little girl, that little boy, that man, that woman, they're mine. They're my children. Get back. God, let us be reminded today of how much you love us. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.